0: You know, one of the things about the Christmas story that I think in this season, especially in our culture, uh, that gets so swallowed up in all the busyness is that it is truly one of the most profound things that ever happened in the history of the planet, Jesus coming to the earth. It was actually one of the most extravagant gifts of love to all people. Extravagant gifts of love for all. I want to look in Luke chapter 2, we begin this morning. It says this, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. You know, this announcement right here would prove to be a historical declaration point Not only for those in Israel, but for each and every human being that lived, is living, and will live. With whom God is pleased. That word there means delight, satisfaction, good pleasure. When you think of your relationship with God, do those words... Echo in your heart, and think of his affections for you. Delight, satisfaction, good pleasure. You see, peace on earth was the desired aim of the coming of Jesus. You see, at the time of his birth, Israel was in the throes of political division and factions under Roman occupation. There was social unrest, there were revolts and uprisings taking place, with many of those behind these uprisings claiming to be the Messiah who had come to save. There was economic crisis due to corruption at the highest levels, the poor were being marginalized and oppressed, and on the religious front, the temple system was no longer a safe place for people to go, and... It had become, as Jesus referred to it, a den of thieves. Under all of this, Israel, who had been called by God, listen to this, to be a light to the nations had lost her way. And it's penned by one of my favorite worship songs, when one loses his way, God's mercy becomes our compass. That song that says, you delight in showing mercy Because mercy triumphs over judgment. I will wake and spend my days loving the one who God has raised up. This is what the birth of Christ was all about. Luke, whose gospel we're going to look into for just a couple of minutes this morning... And reading from today says in Luke chapter 1, verse 78 and 79, when we get a little bit deeper into the Christmas story, it says, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break in upon us. So mercy attracts the coming of Jesus. It did then 2,000 years ago. It does today, one day at a second advent, and will attract him then. And it says in verse 79, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Everybody say path of peace. You see, we're supposed to, by the destiny of God, walk on the path of peace in this life. That's what I want to talk about. To the path of peace. You see, this would be the beginning of a journey to the path of peace. A process where His word would be a light now residing on the inside of us to guide us, to help us to navigate the challenges of today and give us hope for the challenges of tomorrow. You see, the Gospel writings of Luke are written in a very logical, practical manner. As compared to, say, John, who was an artist, more of a poet, a mystic, Remember when he wrote, in the beginning was the Word. Flowery language, right? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we're kind of going, what? But it was no mistake that God chose Luke, who was a physician by occupation, to record the detailed account of the Christmas story. I want to submit, if we could have eyes to see and ears to hear this morning, what God wants to reveal to us through the specific details of that story, we would all leave here changed. We'll begin today in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Look at this with me. It says, that night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flock. Now we could just easily move on from that verse, and just look right over it, because it's just so practical, it's just just filled with kind of specific facts and details. But let's look a little closer into that detail for just a minute. It says, from the writings of Luke, that it was at night, and secondly, that they were in a field, and there were shepherds who were watching over their flocks. Now, Interesting enough, so you see, Jesus in the time, this was, this was a massive occupation. On a trip to Turkey a couple years ago, I learned more about shepherds and, and what they do as, in, in a land where for thousands of years, these, these men would be out in these fields caring for their sheep. You see, they had great concern for these ones that had been entrusted into their care. In fact, Jesus, when he, he talks about leadership in the church... The literal word or meaning for pastor is shepherd. Elders that are raised up in the body that that are maybe of another plurality of the fivefold gifts, they're actually referred to as well as shepherds. Because you see, the father heart of God is to have great concern for those with whom have been placed into his creation. That came and originated from him, from his own essence. You see, the servants would take such great care of these ones that they would literally leave the 99 to find the one that was missing. You see, great joy was supposed to come to all people on the earth. Every single person that was to be created. They were to walk along this path of peace. That was the heart of the Father. That's why he sent his son. So this happened at night. It was during a time, this Christmas story being detailed by Luke, was at a time at night when the sheep were most vulnerable. When I was in Turkey, I actually saw what's called a sheepfold. And and the sheepfold is basically a cave in the side of a cliff. Even it so resonates with the psalmist who writes, "He will hide me in the cleft of the rock." But the unique thing about a sheepfold is that once the shepherd puts the sheep in there at night, when they're most vulnerable, there is no door. But the shepherd lays himself across the opening to protect the sheep and keep them from harm. Is that beautiful? Verse 9 says that while this shepherd was laying across that door, it says that an angel of the Lord appeared to these shepherds exuding, exuding, it says radiant, look at this language, radiant splendor. The blazing glory of God, which is interestingly lighting up now the earth outside of the cave. Think about this, in in the moment of darkness, there's a shepherd that's laying across the door when we are most vulnerable, and though the earth is is a place where we could be exposed and, and so open to potential harm, there's an announcement that's made on this Christmas day by this angel that's revealing radiant splendor, the blazing glory of God, and it begins to light up the earth. In the darkness. And he says in verse 10. I bring you good news. That will bring great joy to all people. Verse 11. A savior, the Messiah has been born this day. And as this is being pronounced. The shepherd's eyes turn toward the heavens. In verse 13. Look at this. And it says that the entire sky was lit up with a vast host of the armies of heaven. So the light of heaven is now beginning to light the earth. And the two, heaven and earth, become one at Christ's coming, at his advent. Luke says again in 2, verse 14, Glory to God in the highest heaven. But peace on earth with whom God is pleased. Wow. The glory of heaven now intersecting the earth will bring joy and peace to those with whom God is pleased. Do you understand that because of Jesus, God is pleased with you? Oh, I thought I got pleasure with God in my own strength and my own abilities and my own righteousness and my own actions. No, 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 no. He is pleased with you and He is pleased with me. We have found favor in His sight because of Jesus. And because of that, joy and peace are our portion. You see, the veil of separation on that night was now torn from the top, the heavens, down to the bottom of the earth, granting us access to his presence and a ability to experience joy and peace. Oh my God, that's amazing. And this would be signified later in his death, just like the shepherd in the field. He laid himself across the tomb of death protecting us from hell and the grave and the adversary and anything and everything that would try to come against us. And when he did, he laid his life down for us. Every single human being that was born, that is now being born, that ever will be born, he laid himself across that cave. Laying your life down for a friend, there is no greater love than this. And all this to give us hope that despite... Listen to this. Come on. I know what's happening in all of our hearts this morning on some level. Despite what's going on in the world around us or what may be taking place in our lives at any given point of time, we are safe in Him and we can have peace on earth. Wow! Come on. In this Christmas season, it is so tumultuous. It's so busy. It's so crazy. It fails anything oftentimes... Other than peaceful. And yet it was the intended purpose that Christ came. To put peace in our hearts and give us joy for the journey. As we close, I want to take a quick look at a woman in Mark chapter 5. Just to take the practical language of Luke and make it practical to us who herself was able to somehow find her way onto the path of peace because of desperation. You see, a brief context here in Mark chapter 5. Jesus is crossing back and forth over to what was known as the Gadarenes. It was outside of the region or nation of Israel. And the Gerasenes, it was a dark place, right? It 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 was where those other people lived. You know, the ones that didn't supposedly know God. And ironically, the Israelites who were supposed to be the light of the world should have been going there, but Jesus had to model this for them because they were stuck themselves in darkness. So after bringing freedom to a man possessed by an evil spirit, Jesus makes his way back to Israel by boat, and people are waiting for him on the seashore in droves. The people of God suffering from many things, right? And he makes his way into the crowd to pray for those who are in need, and there's a woman there amongst these hundreds of people who had this infirmity for 12 years. And listen to this. She spent every single penny she had on doctors to try to find resolution to the issue, and it only got worse. And now she's like, my only hope for joy and peace is this one Jesus. In desperation for him, she says in verse 28, if I can just touch the robe of his garment, I would be healed. So she strategically makes her way through the crowd of people and somehow manages to reach out and touch the very hem of his garment. And incredibly, when she does, look at this, what it says in verse 29. It says, immediately the issue that she had stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed from this terrible condition. What was profound to me at the time, it says in verse 30 that Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around to the crowd and he asked, Who touched me? Who touched my robe? The disciples, not yet fully understanding the favor and the pleasure of God for all the needs of humanity and his sensitivity to those needs, they ask him this question. Look at this crowd, Jesus, who's pushing around you. How can you even ask her? Why would you even ask who me? There's so many people touching the hem. But see, Jesus could perceive the need of the obscure one. Could there be an obscure one in our midst today? Has there been moments when you and I have felt isolated, separated, obscure in the eyes of God? Who touched me? Jesus says. The other day, Wendy was working with a patient Who was suffering greatly from a terminal disease that he had recently been diagnosed with in the last year? He was relatively young. I say, actually, really young in his 60s, now that I'm 50. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Very young. And the family dynamics of what he was experiencing. And, this, and this, is, this just happened a couple of weeks ago. So this is right around Christmas time, Thanksgiving, right? They were, they were very dysfunctional and, and broken. He had full mental competency. But because of the disease, he was unable to verbally communicate. Can you imagine how alone he must have felt in that dark place? You see, in Wendy's world, when she works, she's measured by a thing called productivity. Meaning, at the end of her day, there's an evaluation of how well she did based on how many patients she saw in a day. So there's like a there's a force that's kind of pushing her to move from one patient to the next. Come on, you ever been in the doctor's office and you felt like it was like being herded through there like cattle? the ones that are supposed to care for you it's the way the system's designed but in that moment she told me she said she felt like something was pulling on her heart as it related to this man and in the backdrop there was the the, the, the memorial service for President Bush and there was, a, there was a person that was singing a worship song in that part of the service, and she said the presence of God began to fill that room, that little room on, on, on the campus of where Wendy works. And, and she stopped, and she, she, she put her hand on his heart and looked into his eyes and said, God is with you. He knows and understands your need in this moment and you have found favor with God because of Jesus and though he couldn't verbally communicate tears tears begin to run down his face he was he was touching the hem of God in that moment and where there was darkness and where there's confusion and where there was brokenness and there was a sense of feeling alone God was meeting with him in that, in that moment. You see, when I heard that story, as many of you may be feeling in this moment, I, I was like, I want to be like Wendy. I want to have more sensitivity to the needs of others. And when I was thinking that thought, the Lord spoke to me, closing with this. And he said, in order for that to happen. You need to flip that story of the woman with in need around, and you need to understand, Darren, that I'm the one actually pressing through the crowd to find you. You see, a lot of times in the church we think, man, if I could just get a hold of Jesus. And that's all good and well, but you need to first understand that Jesus is trying to get a hold of you. I remember before I came to Christ, I was standing in a stadium of 75,000 people, the University of South Carolina, and I felt completely alone. And as he was wooing my heart to him, Jesus came into that stadium and began to touch my heart. He said, Darren, you're not alone. See, I'm pressing in through the crowds for you. He's trying to find us because truth be told all of us have suffered moments the adversary tells us that we're cut off from heaven that god is not for us that he's against us and that is not true because the angel that day that lit up that field brought light to the earth as the heavens were exploding with his glory at the birth of jesus said, you found favor with God through Christ. And even, says the Lord, when you can't see me, I'm reaching out for you. I'm even more desperate than you to bring healing to the earth to put you on a path of peace and begin to bring joy to the human heart again. Come on, we need to slow this thing down a little bit, called life. And in these moments, I don't even want to have another Christmas service today. I want the presence of God to show up in this room, grip our hearts, let us realize that and we're hidden in the cleft of the rock in Christ. Man, He is laying at the door The heavens are ablaze with the glory of God and the earth is shining and filled with light. And maybe in that place, we'll have boldness to venture out into the darkness because we know that the light has come. What would that look like if we have this resident burning glorious, beautiful light called the Word of God, Jesus Himself, dwelling in the inside of us. And then we begin to take this out into our spheres of influence, transformed people, transforming culture. That's Christmas. That's Christmas. And that's what extravagant love looks like. As we go into this song, I was telling everybody this morning, that, that verse In the the Christmas song that says, Let every heart prepare him room. Remember that song? It's like, What if we were like, God, come and take full possession of my heart? I know you're searching for me. Come and have your way.